Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Hello. Today's topic is called Addressing the Inevitable. What I mean by that is we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how to maybe frame the discussion with parents or aging parents about their financial stability, their uh, their financial independence, and essentially their planning for the future. Now, if you've ever thought about having this discussion or even started down the path, you may have heard reactions like, uh, you know what, I'm the parent, I'll ask you the questions. Um, that's none of your business. Another favorite is uh, don't worry about it. Then there's also the why, are you planning on something happening to me? And then they get even sometimes get even more morbid like, uh, you know what, just uh, leave me in the woods, it'll, it'll be fine. Or, um, you know what, I'm dead, why should I care? Now, obviously, these are some extreme reactions, and obviously, parents have earned the right to be secretive and private about their financial planning matters, so uh, you're not owed any answers, or they don't have to give you any information. But I think it's important to you know keep in mind that the reason for having this dialogue and your motivation should not be, or is, ne- is not, to maximize your inheritance, but really just to minimize the amount of headaches and regrets that may come down the road from lack of communication or failing to address the inevitable. And as you've heard me say before, there's no right conversation for everybody, but there's definitely a right way to have this discussion between you and your parents and your family members. So we're going to walk through kind of three scenarios that, you know, at a high level could happen to you and your family. And then we'll talk about some of the, the thought process or frameworks of how to have the discussion or maybe that may motivate you to kind of at least start down the path of having some dialogue. The first is you, both of your parents or if, uh, one or both of your parents uh, will live a long time uh, and they may never need any type of advanced care. They'll keep their mental uh, acuity and you know, one day they're just going to pass away or leave this earth. Uh, and in, in that situation, usually their financial outlays are minimal. Uh, their life changes doesn't really change uh, drastically or, or uh, significantly. And for the most part, if they've saved a little, there's probably going to be a little bit left over at the end, whether it be equity in a home or money in a retirement plan or savings. Now, if this is the trajectory that happens and you never have any dialogue or discussion, no harm, no foul. Um, and you know, if, uh, if you're avoiding the discussion, you're probably hoping this is the path that uh, is, uh, is likely for, for your family members and for your parents. You know, in this scenario, you're never having to kind of dig through records to figure out where mom and dad's money is and is there enough to take care of them. There's none of the uncomfortable discussion about, you know, can, we, can they stay in their home? Is it safe? Do we have to move mom or dad out of the house to get some additional care? Or does one of the siblings or family members have to kind of be checking in more frequently and or you know, changing their lifestyle to take care of mom and dad? Which can lead to squabbles over you know, who's doing the more work and whose responsibility is it to kind of be the, the child caregiver for their parents. Now, even if this is the tra- trajectory that ends up happening, you know, you've, you've listened to these podcasts before, you know that I believe in being proactive and not reactive. So I'd rather see families have the discussion and dialogue about what could happen 
uh, and then find out, you know, the best case scenario happened and they really didn't need to act, act on any of their plans or contingency items. Um, but if uh, hopefully if you're refusing to have any discussion and I, I, I wish you the best and hopefully you get lucky and this is, this is what the future looks like for you. The second scenario is uh, one of your parents, mom or dad, may need care, and uh, you know, and it could be you know having someone come in and help out a little bit, a couple hours a week, or it could be something more dramatic where you know memory issues or a, an illness forces them to have to go into some more full-time care. And the cost of these care, this care can range anywhere from a couple thousand dollars extra a month uh, to ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars a month, uh, depending on where you live geographically. Um, so in this scenario, mom or dad may need care, but they they have money, so they have the resources to pay for it between social securities, pensions, uh, you know, uh, assets they've saved up. So there's not uh, the financial burden of worrying about running out of money. But there is that, that kind of regret or fear of you know, watching a large portion of their estate or a large portion of their funds go towards nursing home costs or, or medical care. So now this is one of the trickier ones because essentially the reason to have the dialogue, and sometimes parents will be the one to initiate it, is they want to safeguard as much of their money for their kids or for their grandkids um, as opposed to paying for care. And, you know, the, the, the downside of the parents don't initiate it, but it's the children trying to have the discussion about, you know, hey, we have that family house down in the Cape that we want to make sure is around for everybody. I hope mom and dad have done planning to protect that house. So if there's not a lot of uh, open dialogue about this, it's really challenging for the, the next generation to say, hey, mom and dad, you know, just in case you need nursing home care, did you take care of our Cape house? Uh, that's a pretty awkward discussion to start. You know, if there is a propensity to have this discussion, uh, you know, there are a lot of unique strategies between either asset ownership or trust planning or gifting uh, that can really help a family align the assets that they may need to cover care and costs and other assets that may be able to be safeguarded uh, and preserved for future generations. Uh, the only caveat to this, this, this level of planning is you have to be aware that a lot of state budgets and Medicaid funding uh, is underfunded. So as you think about the legislative changes that are likely to happen, if you're sitting there and saying, well, you know, this, this family has a, a $2 million net worth and they're going to try to hide a million of it so that the state has to pay for their medical and long-term care so their kids can enjoy that Cape house, um, there's a philosophical debate that could be said, you know what, we're going to try to eliminate as many loopholes as possible so that, uh, you know, if they need care, it's being paid for by their assets. And, um, you know, I feel bad that the kids won't have the Cape House, but why should the rest of the state have to bear the burden of their medical expenses? And, you know, the longer people live and the more, um, you know, medical resources that are available, this is going to be an ongoing debate, not just uh, for the next 10 years, but really for the next 30 to 50 years. And the final scenario that may occur is that mom and or dad may need some type of care and similar care that we talked about in the last scenario, um, but they don't have the resources and they haven't planned accordingly. So they may own their home, they may have a mortgage still, uh, they may not have saved enough for retirement, 
Uh, and there's that risk of, uh, you know, they're going to need some type of care. And, you know, although there's not a lot of financial uh, games that can be played, a lot of uh, the discussion and dialogue and the reasons why it's, it's important to have this is as next generation, you have to understand what your exposure is and really what you're, uh, you know, willing to do and may have to do to provide some quality of life and care. But it's also important to understand that there are resources to provide a basic level of care for uh, aging individuals that may not have the financial resources. So you want to really uh, you know, start the dialogue, even though you know that the answer is going to be a tough one, which is there's just not enough money to, to kind of do all the things you would really hope to have. The biggest uh, challenge or uh, you know, pitfall that comes in these types of situations is when there's multiple children uh, that may not necessarily agree on how's the best to take care of mom and dad when there's not enough money to go around. You know, is it uh, the kids chip in? Is it, you know, try to figure out how to get the best government assistance? You know, and that can really, uh, you know, impact the long-term family dynamic. And if, you, you know, with a little bit of open dialogue and understanding, you know, everyone could probably get on the same page. Um, but all too often this happens after the fact when things are at their highest level of stress and you're in a very reactionary mode. Um, and sometimes it's hard to repair those relationships. So the point of this uh, podcast is not to, to you know, force you to have the discussion or not have the discussion, but really just like I said, to give you a couple of reasons or rationale of, of why it may be worth uh, thinking about. And if you do start to down the path of having the dialogue, maybe some ways to frame it uh, so that you're not coming off as greedy or, you know, looking at it from your self-interest. So, you know, the first thing we talk to clients about, you know, the reason to have the discussion with next generations, whether it's, you know, kids talking to their parents or parents talking to their kids, is first and foremost for control and for dignity. So, uh, with any of these types of plannings, uh, in order to safeguard assets, uh, you know you have to think about the control and and you you know whether or not you're when's the right time for you to maintain control and when might be the right time to start to think about giving up control, and that control could be to financial decisions, but also you know medical thoughts, you know making sure you have an advocate for you with your doctors and communicating, uh, you know the your needs as well as make sure everyone's on the same page. And the second part of that is dignity. Um, you know, it, a lot of times when people fail to plan or are in react, reactionary situations, if you leave it up to the government, sometimes individuals' personal dignities will be challenged. Um, you know, someone who's lived autonomously for, you know, you know, since graduating high school or college and now they're in their 80s and 90s and now are having to worry about, you know, living with their kids or their grandkids and, you know, being a burden and having to ask for rides, um, it's, it's challenging. And, you know, that, you know, Proper planning, you know, making sure you, you've done your, your due diligence may help to extend the, you know, that aging parent's dignity and control uh, in, to a level that they're comfortable with and that you know, doesn't have them sacrificing at a, at, a, at a vulnerable age. So the way you could frame it is say, hey, mom and dad, look, I'm, I'm really just making sure that you have the ability to maintain your maximum amount of control for as long as you want to. And that you're you have the dignity to age age gracefully and, and make sure you feel that you um, you you understand how much we valued all you've done for us and we want to try to return that in a in a meaningful way, and that may you know lead to some some you know ongoing dialogue. The second area is from a simplification standpoint. 
Now, I work with a lot of families and, you know, all, all, more times than not, one spouse is kind of in charge of everything. So they they know where the bills are. They know where the, uh, you know, the all the good, the treasures buried. They know where everything is. And a, a lot of, sometimes that individual, you know, they, they value that role and the other person kind of lets them do it. But if that person all of a sudden is no longer available, um, sometimes the family's left trying to find the decoder ring around where they put all the different things. And, you know, they had their system that made sense for them, but no one really understood how they did it. So, you know, having this dialogue isn't always, like I said, to take away control, but just make sure that there's some level of planning that everyone knows where the decoder ring is. And if, you know, whoever's in that role is, you know, unable to fill that role, who's going to step in and take over next? Or, you know, if there's ways to start simplifying the process and, and bringing on that next person uh, ahead of time could could really go a long way for, for easing any types of some uh, transition or making sure that everyone knows uh, where the where the funds are, you know, for mom and dad when it's time to pay the bills or take care of them. And the last uh, framework or reason to have the discussion is for harmony and, and continuity. Now, like I said, your motivation can't be to increase or maximize your inheritance, but really to minimize uh, frustrations and regrets. And one of the biggest regrets that a lot of families have is that they found these health questions, money questions, ended up tearing families apart. Um, and it's because siblings don't always agree on what's best for mom and dad and you know what's best uh, for medical reasons or financial reasons. And if the discussions aren't had until they're now having to kind of rea- you know, react to mom and dad's situations, it can create a lot of tension and an anxiety. And um, you know, for the parents that are you know, maybe lucid enough to see what's happening, they start to have regrets that, geez, I, I wish I had done a better job of preparing my kids or being able to you know, set things up so that they weren't put in this position. You also have a lot of kids maybe regretting the fact that their parents let them have to deal with this. Because if if we had had this discussion 10 years ago when they were able to kind of tell us what they wanted and, you know, get things organized, you know, I wouldn't have had to have this argument with my brother or sister, you know, for the last three years. Um, and now our kids and our grandkids aren't seeing each other as much because we're angry at each other. And, you know, like I said, there's um, sometimes you know money does weird things to family, um, and ultimately you try to have as many of these discussions, both financially and medically, well before there's any conflicts, and everyone's kind of in like a a loving circle uh, type of feeling. So from this front, you know, even if your parents aren't willing to have the dialogue or discussion, or don't want to involve their kids at this point. Sometimes it's helpful just to, you know, have a discussion with your siblings and say, hey, look, you know what? I know mom and dad may or may not ever uh, open up about this, but I thought it'd be helpful for us just to be on the same page. You know, uh, you know, what if one of them needs a nursing home or what if one of them passes away? It's all stuff we hate to talk about, but, you know, avoiding the inevitable doesn't make planning easier. It just makes conflict more likely. So whether you decide to you know have a dialogue with family members or you know continue just to ignore it uh, and hope all for the best, um, I hope this you know this episode gave you a few good talking points or good thinking points to you know to extend to your family. And you know this is probably one of the hardest topics and hardest discussions to have. And you know there's not a like I said there's not a, a one way to do this for everybody, but there's definitely a right discussion for you and your family. 
Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment,